In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. My dear brothers and sisters, this reading would seem a bit harsh. This gospel in which Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, says these words, I have not come to bring peace, but division. A house of five, three against two, two against three. A father against his son, a son against his father. A mother against her daughter, a daughter against her mother. Mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law. Daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. It doesn't seem very Christian at all. And yet if you read this out of context, you can interpret it in such a way that it literally means Jesus has come to divide us all and wants to create division and lack of unity amongst his children. But that is in no way the sense of this gospel. He says, I have come to save the world, not to judge it. I've come to lay down my life so that all who believe in me may have eternal life. The Father so loved the world that he gave his only Son, says the Scriptures. So within the context of all of the Scriptures, we need to understand these words of Jesus. Jesus says, there's a baptism which I must receive, and I'm anguished until I can receive it. In other words, I'm going to be baptized through the blood of the cross that I'm going to shed for you. I am going to take the sins of the world upon myself. And the weight of that, obviously, as we see in the Garden of Gethsemane, brings great anguish to his soul and to the point of crying and sweating tears of blood. And yet he knows that he must accomplish it because what it means is that he will do what Adam and Eve and generations after them did not. The will of the Father. At the beginning, God asked, do not eat. He did, commanded, do not eat of this tree. In other words, recognize me as your God. Do my will, not yours. And they chose themselves. This is the whole mystery of free will. That God made us in such a way that we're not robots programmed just to do what he asks. But he has given us the free will to say yes to him from our own hearts. When a man says to a woman or a woman to a man, I love you, they can't force the other one to respond back, I love you too. No, that response comes freely. It has to be given freely or it's not love. So when God created us in his image, he gave us this opportunity to do the same. He created us and said, I love you, and waited for our response to freely respond back, I love you too. And that's what his command is. Do my will above your own. Recognize me as your God. I desire your happiness, but I'm leaving it in your hands. If you say yes to me and love me and do what you know you should in your heart and are selfless and not selfish, then you will find great peace and joy and happiness for all eternity. But if you choose yourself over me, if you choose other things over God, if you decide to put things or yourself before him, 
And we all know where that leads us. To our own misery, to our own weaknesses, to our own anguish, to our own despair, to so many things that just are sadness in our hearts. And we all struggle with that, every one of us. It's not always easy. It's demanding. It's not always easy to do God's will above our own. But it is always rewarding. So he doesn't want to divide father from son and mother from daughter. No. He wants to unite all of us in him. May they be one, Father, as we are one. So may they be one in us, so that we may be in them. This is the will of the Father. This is the will of Jesus. This is the mission he came to fulfill, to unite us all as sons and daughters of God in this world. And all doesn't just mean the Catholics or the Christians. No, it means all humanity is meant by God to be united in him. But all humanity has the choice. This is where the division comes. Not from God's side, but from ours. Where we can choose to believe in him as the savior of the world and thus to do his commandment, which is to love others as he has loved us, to do what is right and overcome our our tendencies to sin and selfishness. We can choose to believe and to follow him. If you wish to come after me, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Or we can choose ourselves. We can choose to reject him. We can choose to go the other way. And that's where the division comes. Perhaps the father chooses God and the son does not. The mother chooses not and the daughter does. Which wherever it goes... Every one of us has to make that choice before God to believe, to trust, to follow, and to do his holy will. Hopefully we can emulate one another to do it. Husband can help wife, mother can help daughter, daughter can help father, father can help son. By the example of life that we live, striving to do what is right and good before God. And this brings us together in his love as one body in Christ. But there's always the option. When we look at the world today, the first reading, Jeremiah the prophet. If you read the prophecies of Jeremiah, it was in a time when Israel had turned from God. Their back was on God. They didn't pretty much care to do God's will. They wanted to do their own. And he came with a very chastising message. Probably one that our world today needs. Probably one that I need and you need and we all need to hear to turn away from our selfishness and our sinfulness and our idols and back to God. And those of the world did not like it. They didn't want to hear that message because they were pleased doing their own thing. And so they throw him in this cistern to die. And God sends an emissary to plague the king so that he can be saved. I think the world would like to throw us if we're truly followers of Jesus in the same cistern today. God will always be there. The psalm said, Lord, come to my aid. I've waited for the Lord, and he stooped toward me. He heard my cry. He drew me from the pit of destruction out of the mud of the swamp. He made my firm my steps. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn to our God. Though I am afflicted and poor, the Lord thinks of me. 
In other words, in the midst of whatever might be around us in this world today, we cannot despair. We need to trust in the Lord, but we also need to say yes to God. We need to be willing to die to ourselves and to follow him. And this is not easy. I know I struggle with it. I'm sure you do too. We're not angels. We're humans. We're not perfect. We're flawed because of our sinfulness. Our fallen nature tends to lead us to the things we know we shouldn't do. And yet, God is always there waiting and wanting to lift us up out of the pit, to bring us back to him, to give us what we need in order to find the true happiness and peace that we're all seeking, but often look in the wrong places to find. And so Jesus says, I want to set the earth on fire, ablaze with my love. But this is going to mean that there will be those who accept it and follow it and live it and rejoice in it, and there will be those who decide, even in the same household, to reject it, to do their own thing, to turn away. And I'm sure in your own families you've seen and experienced the suffering and the pain that it causes in the hearts of the loved, of those you love or those who love you. When we decide to go our own way and do our own thing and be selfish and and follow paths. And we look out in the world today and we see that God's way is not often the way that the world wants to follow. Whether it's in morality or in politics or in social norms or in what is tolerable or not tolerable, what is right or what is just let everybody do whatever they want mentality. Or it doesn't matter what God created or wanted or said, please respect and honor me as your God. No, we left him aside and we do our own thing. We're no better than Adam and Eve. And yet he sent his son to bring back what was lost, to give us the grace we need to overcome our weaknesses, to live in love, to live in grace, to do what is right. We can't do it alone, but he is our strength so that all of us can do it with him and in him and for him. We need to choose God over ourselves. I think that's what the gospel of Jesus is saying. There will be division because some will choose themselves over me. Some will believe and some will reject to believe. Let's pray for our own faith that we will choose to believe in him and do what we know is right and good and just according to God. So that the world can see in us an example. You know, the early Christians, they looked at them and said, I want to be like them. They've got something different. They don't live like the pagans. They don't just follow whatever's going on in the world and live in a, a way of sinfulness. No, they strive to do what is right and good. They share, they love, they give. That's what it means to be Christian, another Christ who is willing to lay down his life for the good of his friends. And that's you and me. It's just God to give us the grace to believe, to choose to believe, so that it's not division in our hearts or in our families or in our society or in our life, but 
may they be one, Father, as we are one. Because we all come to be one in him. So let's pray for those who don't believe. For those who don't choose to say yes to God. That we won't force it down their throats. That he will give them the grace to come to him. That we will find, they may find in our example or in our lives, something that spurs them on, not to us, but to him. So that they too can choose to live as one with Christ. And the world can be one body in the Lord. This is the will of the Father. This is why he sent his son. This is why he commissioned us to go and tell the good news to all the world. We can't just sit back and say, that's not for me. That's for the priests or the bishops or somebody else to do. No, you can do it. You can do it with the person that's sitting right next to you. You can do it at school, at work, wherever you are. You can be the light of Christ for others. So ask him to give us the grace to believe and to share the good news. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.